on hard facts. I don't just bring you the news, I bring you the newsmakers. Consul General of the US Consul General in Lagos, giving her first ever interview in Nigeria. Claire Pierangelo. They come to me because they know Lagos is listening. I love the way you engage Nigeria, especially with people who are called to Phoenix, Nigeria. They feel they are more Nigerian than you are. We talk to the newsmakers. The special assistant to the president on digital and new media, Tolu Ogunasi. Frank Mba has just walked into the studio. Yawande Sadiku. Yawande is the executive secretary of NIPC, the Nigeria Investment Promotion Council. The senior special assistant to President Muhammad Buhari on public affairs, Mr. Ajuri Ngelali. We talk to captains of industry. She's the founder and CEO of Tomato Joss, one of Nigeria's biggest agro-industrial businesses. Her name is Mira Meta. He's been selected for Forbes 30 Under 30. His name is Inyolua Aboyeji. We talk to the experts. He's the chief economist at Business Day. He's a big friend of the show. He's the head of the Department of Molecular Biology and Biotechnology at the Nigerian Institute of Medical Research, NIMR. Dr. Bamidele Walofum. And we talk to you. I found Mr. Usman through Hard Facts. He's a listener. He sent us a WhatsApp message when we were talking about the scanners at the port. Give me your afternoon and I'll give you the answers. Will the current Electoral Act Amendment Bill improve or worsen elections? We're talking electoral reform today because the National Assembly right now is considering a bill to amend the Electoral Act. It brings us to our big hard fact for today. The Electoral Act is the law which empowers INEC and defines how INEC should run its elections. So if you want better election rules, the one place to start, one of the places to start is the Electoral Act. But this latest attempt to do this has stirred some controversy. The proposed language that came out of committee in the Senate has banned electronic transmission of results. The proposed amendment. Now, this bill is very important to all our futures. If you want better governance, you need elected officials who feel that they are accountable. And to get accountable officials, you need free, fair and credible elections where the people can hire and fire them. And to get free, fair and credible elections, you need to reform the process by fixing INEC and other stakeholders. And it all starts with the Electoral Act. Joining us to talk about this, the amendment bill, the the act itself, to talk about electoral reform, is a co-founder of YAGA. YAGA is the Youth Initiative for Advocacy, Growth and Advancement. Um, did I get that wrong? Did I get that wrong? No? I saw you, I saw you shaking your head. Just Yaga Africa. Just Yaga Africa. <laughs> okay. 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 So you don't go with that anymore. All right. So it's just Yaga Africa now. Well, she's the, she's the co-founder of Yaga. She's also yeah. their program manager. Her name is Singsia Mbamalo. Singsia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on your show. Hmm. Good evening. Good evening. And Lagos, we want to hear from you as well. What do you think about the Electoral Act Amendment Bill? What questions do you have for Singsia Mbamalo? Huh? Women call me on 01465-7190. Men call me on 0700-993-993-993. Singsia, before we get into the Electoral Act Amendment itself, let's talk about the ongoing um, continuous voter registration exercise. I'm sure that Yaga is watching it closely nationwide. What's your assessment of it so far? Yeah. Well, um, I think um, so far, 
So at first, um, we were supposed to commence both the online pre-registration and the physical um, biometric capture together. Mm-hmm. However, the Electoral Commission had um, released its schedule and had um, informed Nigerians that would commence with the pre-registration on, on, on the um, online portal mm-hmm. and then the physical would commence um, June 19th, uh, sorry, July 19th. So that's actually um, next week, Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I think so far, it's, it's interesting to see how um, a lot of citizens are engaging the platform, especially first-time voters. Mm. Uh, and I must say that it's, quite, it's been quite um, impressive to see the number of citizens just engaging the online portal. Mm-hmm. I hope that INEC will be in technology because we see that with more technology deployed in the process, there's more interest and likelihood for especially young Nigerians to engage that particular process. But if you look at the data, you actually have students um, who, um, students are based on um, the, when they, the, the breakdown from INEC, you have more students registering, mm. which shows that you have younger people. Mm-hmm. And then also when they did the age um, age um, breakdown, mm-hmm. I think the July 5th was the, um, the July 5th breakdown. It showed that young people between 18 and 34 were the larger percentage who had signed up or, or who had commenced the process online. Mm. So I think that for me um, is impressive. I just hope that a lot more Nigerians will take advantage of this opportunity um, commence registration online and once the commission begins because once you register you're given a date mm. an appointment date for the biometric capture. Mm. Once the process begins at the centers, mm-hmm. we need to just go and complete that so that we don't just do the online and then yeah, think we're the done. Physical one. Until you have, you have your PVC. Mm-hmm. Until they have your PVC, you're not fully registered. So this is the first step for those who have mm-hmm. and commence the process well. But you need to ensure you go out um, once the process begins for the full biometric capture and then subsequently collect your permanent voter's card. Hmm. Uh, by the way, if you're wondering where it is that you should go and register, if you're a first-time voter, if you just turned 18, if you've never voted before, uh, cvr.inecnigeria.org. So C for cat, V for violent, R for radio, dot Nigeria. Dot org. It's one word, so don't space anyone. So cvr.inecnigeria.org. INEC, of course, is I-N-E-C, then Nigeria, N-I-G-E-R-I-A dot O-R-G. cvr.inec.org. Now, there's been some opinion uh, that so far, online registration numbers have been fairly low. Do you agree with that assessment? And if you do, what do you think about those who say that um, improving the process for offline uh, registration would be a more significant reform? Um, yeah, so I think, you know, with, um, with this vibe and the momentum from the NSAS um, protest, mm-hmm. um, we, had, we have a lot of expectations that we really need to channel all this anger and frustration into the process where we can change the outcome of elections and change our leaders mm-hmm. and begin to register to vote. Mm-hmm. And with the percentage of young people in Nigeria, it's projected that young people are about 60% of Nigeria's population. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expected that a larger percentage of this chunk of young persons, this population, mm-hmm. would engage in um, 
even more than the older generation. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, we were expecting to see a lot more numbers. Mm-hmm. However, because I know how Nigerians are, some of us, we like to wait till the last <laughs> minute, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then we adopt the fire brigade approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that is that is one. The other thing is a lot, um, when you do a breakdown, that even within the youth demography, mm-hmm. there's a percentage who may not be uh, familiar with um, internet, uh, internet mm-hmm. and how to do online registration. Right. And, and I'll just give you a simple example. So, we are Africa. We deployed a team to go to communities within where our, our office is in Guarimpa, Abuja, okay. to register people. And as we were, the team went out. Mm-hmm. We had young people who were coming. I mean, they saw the CBR and they said, "Oh, they didn't have." didn't know how to go about it, to go online to do the registration. So they found that quite helpful. And some of them are in the, I mean, under 30 years, under 35 years rather. Uh And and that was helpful. You also had a challenge of those who said they never had an email address. And you know, to register, you need to create an account. You need an email, yeah. Yeah. So what the team had to do was first help them create an email, um, open um, an email email account and then commence it. So it made it a bit um, it, it prolonged the process, mm-hmm. but those are just showed that um, yes, this is um, a, it's an innovative um, approach to get more people to register. But we still have, we still we don't have as many people that we were expecting to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a lot of people will still wait for the physical process mm-hmm. to engage that particular process. But I think for young persons, you can actually help people conduct their research as long as you're not charging them money mm-hmm. to do that because. Mm-hmm. We don't want people to start exploiting Nigerians, yeah, you know, yeah. right? But just let me from what we were uh, our experience, just going out Friday, Saturday mm-hmm. to communities in um, where we our office is located mm-hmm. and helping people. Mm-hmm. We can see that um, some of these young persons, yes, mm-hmm. um, they they just wanted someone to help them do that. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, some some had issues with data, so we had to provide internet for people so you just okay come in and you log on to our internet and so you also have to i want to do this but it's i, I don't have the data to do that so i was waiting for this and I like if you give internet now we do it too and i say oh is that oh, okay here's the password so i think um <laughs> yeah this is just from from little engagement we yeah. do very far yeah. i mean abuja so i i think this may also extend other organizations, other opinion leaders and things like that. Okay. Uh, I mean, if everybody plays their part, we could have even more people registering. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Let's talk about the amendment bill itself now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, first of all, we're going to talk about the issue that grabbed a lot of headlines, right? Electronic transmission of results. Um, First of all, I have to ask, Cynthia, are you for or against electronic yeah. transmission and why? I am for electronic transmission. Um, why first? I I believe in um, the need to continually look for how to, to continually deploy technology um, to deepen integrity in the process. I don't think technology answers all our questions or solves all our problems, but I believe that if you deploy technology, it actually complements the system and it can enable or enhance integrity in the system. Hmm. So yes, I believe in electronic transmission results for that. The second also is that we've seen it work um, as an observer group with deployed selections. And we've seen INEC test 
um, electronic transmission of results from polling unit level to um, to, um, to the results portal. We saw that work in Edo and Ondo. And we also um, realized that citizens, there was a tendency to accept the outcome of an election because people felt that we knew the results announced um, was a reflection of the votes cast because we were tracking the polling unit level results you get. Hmm. So I, I see it work and I think it promotes confidence in the process. It gives voters that sense of agency over the process. So it, they, they are following through with the results to the last point. And it also inspires confidence in candidates because you can you can have your own copies of polling level results and do your independent coalition. And then it, I think lastly, the power of oversight it gives the Electoral Commission the, at the national level the power to oversight the transmission of the results um, from polling unit level and they can actually identify where there was a flaw or there was fraud and uh, what has been the first of condition. So yes, I'm in support of the national results. I do not think, I'm in support of it, not as a substitute for the manual, mm-hmm. um, but as a complementary process because sometimes it's benefiting having that paper trail. Okay. And learning from the Kenyan experience, um, I think in deploying technology, what we've seen in other countries is they do not use, they do not have it, um, technology as, as as a substitute for the manual. Usually, it's a complementary process, okay. but it's important to have it legalized so that you can rely on the data um, from that process in court to challenge the outcome of an election. Hmm. Now, I like how you say uh, we should have both as uh, complementary. Um, I, I worry that, um, you know, once you begin to talk about still having the paper one, it allows people to argue that, well, I mean, if you still think that the paper one is necessary, then perhaps we should just do it by paper only. Why do you still need to insist that we should electronically do it as well? Well, um, it's almost like the accreditation process, the use of the smart card reader. Um, using the smart card reader did not mean we do with the voters register. Um, if you, for those who have voted before, you remember if you go to the polling units, um, they would check your PVC. There is they see the manual process of confirming your details in the voters register, even after the smart card reader verifies your PVC and authenticates your fingerprint. Mm. There is still that option to tick, and um, there's still that um, column where they have to tick that you actually were accredited. But isn't that cumbersome? So, Shouldn't uh, we do uh, away with that? Um, so now the thing is, um, because for the registration process, or rather for the accreditation process, mm-hmm. and because at the moment you don't have a centralized database of voter register where you, of voter register where you'd be like, um, I'm in Kogi, I return in Kogi, if I'm in Lagos, I can vote regardless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You still need to transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because on election day, um, Smart card readers are configured to polling units. Your register, the register given is given for the polling unit. So registers are distributed at polling unit level. Uh, and um, so whatever is happening is location specific. Mm. Uh, until we get to that point where we probably have like a centralized database. And when we get to that point, we would know because then we wouldn't be required to transfer our register of voters. Mm-hmm. And so at the moment, this is what um, we have. And it's not just an INEC issue, it's a, it's a national issue in the sense that, I mean, we don't even know how many we are in the country, right? We don't have a national database of citizens. <laughs> so um, INEC may even be the one institution that has a reasonably 
comprehensive database of citizens, at least once you're 18, mm. if you want to think about it. Mm. Most other institutions may have, and that's what the NIN was trying to do. So, uh, like I said, it's, it's a broader conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, why I think you don't want to substitute Come and substitute immediately. Mm -hmm. um, it's because this would be a trial. So the proposal in the electoral law mm -hmm. um, we're pushing for was to give INEC the power to transmit results. Mm -hmm. And then INEC can commence that process. And subsequently, when we have a more, um, when, we, um, when we've tested it nationally, subsequently we can phase out the manual the paper process. version um, oh, yeah, the paper, yeah the paper version mm -hmm. so we do not want to and if you followed like most people will always make reference to the kenyan situation we don't want to run into that case where you're going to court and then the court is asking for okay where's the paper trail to confirm some of these figures and you don't have that because you also need to think about the legal system that we operate in our judicial system mm -hmm. so if, with all of this in context i know it's like you know with all of this in context it's always <laughs> it's always good to be like, okay, yes, we're transmitting this. Um, for me, hopefully, in the next two electoral cycle, mm -hmm. we can do away with the paper paperwork, and we just, you know, move straight from polling units, and everyone can view it. In fact, what I'm hoping for is that the transmission will be done in such a way that it's even in machine readable format. Because wh what we did in Edo and Ondo, mm -hmm. all right, that was INFP, mm -hmm. um, was polling unit level result. The the, um, the, the ZPAD. Um, tablets was you, they, they were and um, they will use it to take a picture and upload on the on on the platform. Mm. So when you go to the INF results portal, mm -hmm. what you see is the results sheets. So it's not even easy to analyze. Mm. You have to download and do all of that. What where I'm hoping would get to is the point that it is and it is the upload is done in a machine readable format. You can easily download and analyze mm -hmm. in near real time. You know mm -hmm. and and it's faster for whoever wants to rely on that data to do to do that so it's not a perfect um we're not at the perfect level mm -hmm. yet mm -hmm. we are where i think the commission we're confident that the commission can do in deploy national development um a, a national transmission of electoral results and that citizens actually want this citizens actually it's interesting want that you say it's interesting that you say that citizens actually want this because in the version of the amendment bill that emerged from committee in the senate electronic transmission is disallowed Cynthia how did this happen how did this happen well i think we have some lawmakers who um who are major threat to our democracy, our citizen sense of responsibility, um, because there is one thing to seek for new ways to strengthen our processes to support our journey to democratic development. There's another thing to want to retain the old system that benefits or that enables manipulation and fraudulent activity in the electoral process. Mm. And I believe that any lawmakers who are against this transition of results mm -hmm. are individuals who are first worried that if polling this level results are transmitted, then all their plans and strategies to manipulate the process would be um, would be wasted or would have no effect because then um, they wouldn't be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So that for me is what, what I believe. These lawmakers, for those of them who worked on this, um, I, I want to believe um, it wouldn't be all of them but for those who had 
um, a, a, who had a hand, I want to put a hand, but who, who worked together, connived to manipulate the particular provision and prohibit this outright. Mm-hmm. They obviously do not understand that our democracy needs to progress beyond what it is, that our elections need to be more credible and that they should vote in line with this interest, not with their personal political interest. Mm. Uh, and what we're seeing now is a conflict between political interest and national interest. And in a, in a same climate, um, when there is a conflict between personal and national interest, national interest should supersede. And I'm hoping that that would be the case this time around. And I think I'll just give a simple um, example because one of the things we saw in Edo and Ondo mm-hmm. uh, was citizens could go online and download their polling level results. People were downloading it and calculating themselves at home. <laughs> this is what our LGA is supposed to have. Mm-hmm. If we have all this, you know, mm-hmm. and what this did was, if you're manipulating anything at the coalition level, mm-hmm. if you change the thought at what coalition, mm-hmm. um, it would, we can identify that because the polling Polling unit level results and their purest form. Most times, voters stay back, count, and count and and wait. Right. Wait until they move with it. Right. So it's at the purest form. We expect that if Party A had 20, 20, 20 in five polling units, Mm -hmm. at the coalition level, Party A should have 100 votes Mm -hmm. from um, from that local government with those five polling. But if all of a sudden Party A has less and Party B has. Um, more when that was the case, mm-hmm. you then know something happened, and then you can begin to ask questions. What mm-hmm. happened here? Now that for me is power. Mm-hmm. Now that gives voters power over the process, and this and is the power that what, some lawmakers want to take away. That is what yeah, they want to do away with. That I think that is where their major fear is um, that they're giving people a lot of power over the process, and and all their plans to. <laughs> to fraudulently manipulate the process in the next elections is about to go up in smoke. Lagos, uh, join the conversation. 0700-993-993-993 for men, for women, 01465-7190. What do you think about the Electoral Act Amendment Bill? What questions do you have for Singsia Mbamalu? We've got uh, two minutes before we have to take a break, so I can take two calls, 60 seconds each. Hello, how are you? Sandra, how are you? Hi. Yeah, I just want to say this. You see, there were no planes before there were planes. I mean, aeroplanes. Mm. There were no planes before. So we should not be so fearful of technology. Okay. We should even try and venture into it. And we, we, a lot of us, a lot of our, our people, especially those who are in position of making laws, mm. see, they don't. They seem not to understand how technology works. Okay. There is no system that is foolproof. And every technological advancement, especially with communication, right, mm-hmm. has a paper backup. There is always a paper, even processes in the bank, all mm-hmm. these processes that banks do on it, there is always a paper back. It's just that you don't see, you don't get to see the paper. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if we are scrapping paper entirely. Mm-hmm. Retail chains, ordinary retail chains, mm-hmm. they use technology that is by far more sophisticated than all of these things that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking of retail chains like, like any of these. Think of any of these shops abroad. Mm-hmm. You understand? They mm-hmm. use technology that is by far more sophisticated than all these things. I don't know why our people are pretending. I don't think they are entirely ignorant. I think our people, especially at, at the National Assembly, they are pretending as if this thing is so dangerous it can kill everybody. Thank you for calling us. 99.3. Hello. Hi, what's your name? Good, good afternoon, Sandra. Good afternoon, what's your name? My name is Wisdom. I'm calling from Alimash. Wisdom, you've got one minute. 
Okay, actually, I wanted to have the uh, your guest. Mm-hmm. Um, the people about people in diaspora, how would they vote in this coming uh, election? People in diaspora? And, yeah, Nigerians okay. in diaspora. Okay, how will Nigerians in diaspora vote? Now, that's a question that Cynthia will answer when we come back from the break. Um, I don't think it's covered by the electoral amendment, but uh, we'll see what Cynthia says um, after the break. If you just tuned in, Lagos, you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. Today's big hard fact is that the Electoral Act uh, is the law that empowers INEC and defines how it should run elections. And my question is, will the current Electoral Act amendment bill improve or worsen elections that's the question we're asking on the show today don't go away welcome back to your number one talk news and sports station this is nigeria Info. it's 5 30 i'm sandra ezekwesili you're listening to hard facts on 99.3 nigeria info the co-founder of yaga africa is on the show with me today Cynthia Mbamalo. She's also the program manager at Yaga Africa. Will the current Electoral Act Amendment Bill improve or worsen elections? We're talking about electoral reform today because the National Assembly right now is considering a bill to amend the Electoral Act. If you want better election rules, one of the first places to look at is the Electoral Act. But this latest attempt uh, to amend the Act uh, says something in particular that has caused quite a lot of ruffled feathers. Uh, The committee in the Senate looking over uh, the amendment of this act came out and said uh, they do not want electronic transmission of results. Now, like I said when we started, this bill is very important. If you want governance, if you you want better governance, you need uh, elected officials who feel that they are accountable to you. And the only way to get accountable officials is through free and fair elections and credible elections where people uh, can say, okay, we like you, stay. We don't like you, get your behind out of this office. And the only way to get free and fair elections is reform. You know, you have to reform the process by fixing INEC and uh, the other stakeholders. And the first place is the Electoral Act. And if Cynthia and other stakeholders like Cynthia have said that um, you cannot do this thing and then say, oh, um, yes, we like some parts of the electronic process, but we we're, we're not cool with this electronic transmission of a thing. Cynthia, the southern governors have come out to oppose the removal of electronic transmission. And the PDP caucus in the National Assembly has also condemned it. Do you believe that um, there'll be enough votes to make sure that electronic transmission is permitted in the Electoral Act? That's a tricky one and because if you follow, when it comes to lawmaking and <laughs> you can't always predict how the outcome would be. Hmm. However, a lot of citizens who have in the past week called their lawmakers, sent text, need to continue that. Interesting, it's not just Southern nationally, hmm. Nigerians from the North, Nigerians from the South going out, making calls and making demands on their lawmakers. Mm. Now, one of the pushing and making demands um, from the National Assembly is votes on contentious issues. For instance, if electronic transfer of results is contentious, we don't want boys' votes because we want 
a record of these votes so that we would know those who voted against it mm-hmm. against their elections. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, we need to have those data so that elections we would ensure would work across the country that anyone important provisions like the transitional not win the elections. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think that is how we can assert our, our power as citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're hoping that it's not just going to be about boys actually vote on these issues clause by clause in a transparent manner. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is usually there's people of north um, as um, a sect not care about progressive things. Um, dynamism within the northern cohort or the cohort of northern legislation, even within that cohort, there may be some individuals who do not um, the process the transition of results to be done electronically, mm-hmm. but there's but a large percentage who believe and support this proposal. So I'm hopeful those voices speaking up. Mm-hmm. I know one of the arguments that we've heard in the past thing about um citizens across the board do not want this. And I think that there is a report by the International Foundation for Electoral and it was released in 2019 on actually finding this want the deployment of electronic transfer of results. Mm. In the Northwest, only 6% said they did not feel confident. You can imagine that Nine, 90, my math, 94%, 94% mm-hmm. actually felt confident mm-hmm. or felt somewhat confident mm-hmm. in transfer. Mm-hmm. In the North, it's only 7% said they were not confident. If you, in the Southwest and South, okay, East, about 12% said they were not confident and South about 12 so we had even more people in the South uh, that are not confident with electronic transmission <laughs> than we had in the, yeah. in the North. <laughs> you know, I was going to the report that I'm like, oh, interesting. Yeah, well, and there you go. Mm-hmm. Out there. Mm. Like you have individuals across board who work. don't think it's a good and, idea. But you have yes, way more yeah, people so who it's, think it's, it's a good idea lovely. than who don't. Yes, you have people way more than those who don't. The other thing was conversion around technology and they, we don't have a mobile network penetration. And we're like, um, no. Um, even uh, has released, um, they released updates on uh, active across the country mm-hmm. and even um, connected mobile lines across the country. Last time I was checking, I think over 190 million lines were active in 2021. Mm. Uh, I was looking at the reports and, and connected lines were about 200 and something million, actually. Mm. But I know some people would have more than one network. Multiple lines, and yeah. Multiple lines, you know. In a country projected to have about 200 million, I mean, we may not be up to only... This is a high percentage of citizens of connectivity. Once we have mobile network um, across the country, mm-hmm. it means leverage technology to deploy um, to um, to transmit. that argument mm-hmm. doesn't even yeah to transmit for in 2019 we deployed observers in every local government mm-hmm. and we had over three thousand observers mm-hmm. deployed 
government. Mm-hmm. And in most of them, some of them in hard rich, hard rich areas. Mm-hmm. And at 10 by 10 a.m., they had received reports from observers using their phones, mm-hmm. but they sent in reports via SMS. Mm-hmm. 10% of our observers from the location. Hmm. So, now, so, so, so that reason just doesn't hold water, huh? Yes, it doesn't hold water because this have, we have in the reasonable infrastructure that can support electricity. And we have instances where people can even move from one, let's say your location, there's no, no network. They move, move to another the, one. I mean, you can have access to the anywhere you go to. But if we're, but if we're telling people, but if, but if we're telling people to move from one location to the next, are we not opening them up to say, I don't know, get it? No, not moving. When I'm saying move, it's like you're going to be like you're. Sometimes you make calls in your office. Mm. You're just moving like one step, yeah. one feet. Like climb a tree, that like kind of thing. Traveling. Yes, it's not like you're traveling from. You know, uh-huh. the voters are moving are doing okay, mm. but. Really can is, is actually is actually something that can be achieved, mm. and like I said, it worked in Edo and Ondo. Mm-hmm. And why Ondo, Ondo has a difficult terrain? Um, if you, if you, unfortunately, the internet isn't being very. Can you hear me? Uh, um, yeah, but your internet continues to come in and out, unfortunately. So it's okay. Not, uh, so maybe you need to I'm move sorry. around in your office. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you see what we're talking about. Is it better now? Well, we're hearing you now, uh, but it just continues to break. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Yes. Yes. Let's see if that will help. Yes. Let's try that. That will work. Yeah. So we had from LGAs like um, so do where um you you have the riverine areas and very difficult to. on the polling unit we uploaded Okay, so I think the quality of the network in general has just dropped, but that's my cue to pivot to the phone lines because I'm sure that people have questions, right? Until hopefully Cynthia's um, internet picks up. Uh, we are streaming this conversation live. Cynthia is joining us via yeah, on election day, so we can. Can you still hear? And we are live on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. Uh, we're also live on YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. Our number is 0700-993-993-993 for men, for women, 01465-7190. Hello, how are you? Sorry about that. Call back if you can, 99.3. Sorry about that. Call back if you can. We've got WhatsApp as well. WhatsApp is 080. 959 Let's take a look at some of the messages we've gotten so far. Hmm. Well, you're sending this message to the wrong person. Right, here's um, someone who says, some people in Nigeria... Uh, some people born in Nigeria like 20 or 30 years ago do not know what regular or constant electricity is all about. I don't know what that is about. I don't think it's what we're talking about on the show, but hey, thank you for sending your message in. Evans is in Yaba. He's a first-time caller. Hi, Evans. Fine. I'm, I'm very, very cool. Welcome. Go ahead. Uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. 
Uh, I listen to your, to your guest mm. very well. Mm-hmm. Good answers from her. Mm. Uh, it seems that uh, our lawmakers, they don't seem to understand the importance of that uh, electronic transmission of results. What happened to uh, in Edo and uh, all those states? Mm-hmm. Save us from war. Because those two states, as when they did not do that uh, electronic transmission, mm-hmm. I don't know what, have, what could have been the outcome of the result. Since we have done it, I have tried it, and it worked for us. I uh, don't you think that 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 will give we voters the confidence that uh, our food, our vote will count, so that in 2027 we we will all come out. You see that, like uh, yeah, I guess is that t- telling you that uh, the recession on, on the uh, internet voters' uh, cards is low. Hmm. It's because of the they 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 are not encouraging us when the when the uh, there are uh, 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 this uh, the block lawmakers mm. drop that uh, information. They mm. didn't demoralize our our, our, uh, our youth because we hope that uh, that is the only way that we can make a good uh, replace in by 2020. Mm. So they, 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 uh, by by removing that that uh, side of uh, electronic uh, transmission of results, that will not uh, go well in our mind. So I pray, I pray that uh, this this our uh, as our southern governors now, they have agreed that uh, they, are, they are not uh, accepting the 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 removal of that uh, transmission. They should carry along with their lawmakers, call them meeting, sit with them, discuss with them, so that when they go to the house, they will know what to discuss there, so that we will, we will be successful in getting what we want, so that 2023 election will be free and fair, so that we will get what we want. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you very much. We've got Martin on the line. Martin is in Anthony. Hi, Martin. Hi Sandra, good afternoon. Good evening. Good afternoon. Uh, good evening, yeah, whichever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but was there a reason given for not wanting the electronic uh, transmission? Well, uh, they said uh, that um, there's no network in some parts of Nigeria, so that that was. Yeah, but what is it, like what your interview, or the person you are interviewing is saying is mm-hmm. it, it does not hold water. Uh, that's not a good reason. If one side does not uh, does not uh, have network. What now happens to the size that have network? So it's a balance. We are not saying that you throw away, throw away the electronic. What is we harmonize everything together? Mm. That's the means of uh, uh, manipulating results. Mm. Uh, because when I was serving, I actually was an INEC. Um, I was a adult, adult staff. Uh, um, staff for uh-huh. INEC uh-huh. when I did um, the um, election service. in Anambra State. Okay, where I served. Okay, you know. So the the, the way the system is, I think. Electronic uh, distance should be a welcome uh, development. They shouldn't have not just to weigh everything. I don't know the kind of uh, leaders that we have. Are they backward or they are thinking ahead? Uh, thank you, Sandra. Dari. Thank you very much, Martin, for calling. Uh, Cynthia, I think we have you back on the line now. Yes? Yes, yes. Yes, we do. Okay, let's hope the, the network behaves. We've <laughs> been raining all day in Abuja. Oh, so. yeah. Whenever it rains, your, your internet just goes kaput. Now, uh, yeah. one of the callers I remember was asking if uh, Nigerians in diaspora will be allowed to vote this time around. Um, do you think they will be? Um, no, um, because it wasn't one of the proposals adopted in mm. the first in the bill. Mm. So what is actually interesting is that post the retreat in February, um, we were still advocating for more of for more reviews to the bill before it is presented before they sidetracked us with this manipulation um, in the thing. bill. And one of 
Yes, um, one of that was actually still pushing for um, diaspora voting because it was not at um, it was presented at the public hearings, but it didn't make it into um, into the bill. Uh, and some of the argument they had put forward was that Nigeria wasn't ready. Mm. But we're always like, why not test it first? You don't need to. You can test with some countries. Um, you don't need to test with all the countries. Um, yeah, you can start somewhere and then we can progress from that. Mm. But it didn't make it in. However, the only semblance of an opportunity for CV, um, for citizens in diaspora to vote, mm-hmm. it will still require them to come back. But what that means is with the online process, they can register commence the registration online, get a date, mm-hmm. <laughs> just that it's going to cost you, mm-hmm. and then come back later do your biometric capture mm-hmm. and um, you can always come back in elections to vote but what matters is that you're registered as a voter mm-hmm. and you have a location in Nigeria that you, that you can vote. vote we will keep pushing I mean yeah, and hopefully it happens. Uh, by the way, the next 15 minutes of Hard Facts is, is brought to you by UNICAF. UNICAF is the leading online higher education provider. I mean, they don't need you to be in any of the countries abroad to get your degrees, whether it's a master's degree you're going for or an MBA or a BSc. Or, they don't need you to be in those countries. You know, they are all for online. They're in the future. Huh? <laughs> and they're bringing you uh, the next 15 minutes of Hard Hard facts. Thank you so much to our partners, Unicaf. Now, um, going beyond electronic transmission, Cynthia, what other changes in this I- I- bill uh, do you think Lagos should know about? What other changes is this bill proposing that Lagos should know about? Then, uh, Sandra, very important. <laughs> mm. The power of the returning officer. You know, um, one of the proposals that we we were happy made it in mm-hmm. was to give INEC the power to review results that are declared, um, that were not declared voluntarily mm-hmm. or that were not declared in line with electoral laws and guidelines. Okay. So INEC would have power within seven days to review those reports, mm-hmm. those results, before um, um, candidates can go to court. Now, this is an important provision because before, and um, what we have in our electoral act currently, mm-hmm. um, it gives the returning officer the power to declare results, and whatever the, pa- the returning officer declares is final. Only the courts can overturn it. So if you're not satisfied with what is declared by a returning officer, you can only go to court to challenge it. Okay. Now, we had a situation in 2019, if you remember Emo, mm-hmm. I'm notorious for that, um, the returning officer actually announced that I'm declaring this under duress. Mm. Uh, and yet, that result, um, it, the declaration was done. The law saw it as being done validly. Mm. And when they went to court, the, the individual still <laughs> moved on with um, the the court ruled in the, in the, in his favor. Mm. Now that is not the only instance. The instance is where people manipulate the process. They mm. declared the result mm-hmm. um, um, because they either been bought or someone is trying to make their ways out of that. And then most times, when you go to court, you can't actually predict the outcome. Mm. Some cases are thrown out on grounds of technicalities, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you don't even know how. Okay. All right. So while uh, we have her off, I'm going to play a message from our Am sponsors, Unicaf. And when she comes back, she'll keep talking Am to I us. Back? Oh, yes, you're back. Yes. But uh, back? yes, you are. Yes. But, but, but I'm going to tell you to pause a bit. Let's hear a bit from our sponsors. We'll come back to you okay. uh, as quickly as possible. Are you ready to invest in your future? 
Explore endless opportunities with the exclusive UNICEF Scholarship Program. Choose from a wide range of master's degrees from prestigious British universities. Study online. Balance education with family and career growth. Extra benefit, a customized payment plan to make it even easier for you. Call us on 07000-311-000. That is 07000-311-000 to help you jumpstart today. With Unicav, you can. Thank you, Unica, for bringing uh, uh, this these 15 minutes of uh, hard facts, the big hard facts specifically uh, to the listeners. So, yes, you were talking to me, Cynthia, about, yeah. um, you know, the yeah, returning uh, officer. Returning officer power. And we, after what, we, what happened in 2019 and previous elections, mm. we understood that we need to review that particular section. We can't have a returning officer. With all that power. Is, with all that power, we need a level of review, okay. which was introduced, and all of a sudden we're see here part of part of the reviews done this prior past week, and was actually removing that power of INEC to review results as had been proposed at the committee level, and what we saw was it just left it um, the same way. So, internal officer declares it final. You can only go to the court to challenge the result. And that for us is a major threat to our democracy because we've seen how politicians want to win at all costs at the, at the um, electoral process because they believe that let's go to court, right? Um, we can fight it out in court and you know that our judicial system is still not, we, we can't guarantee the independence of our judiciary. Uh, and there's a lot of, the court is playing a lot of, it's a lot of interference by the courts now seeing our electoral process. So a lot of things decided in the courts and we can't afford to have the next elections be conducted in such a way. So that was one major issue and that is one major issue we're also pushing for. And we want the lawmakers to reverse and ensure that we have that power of INEC to review results, especially when it's not declared voluntarily. Mm. And when people's lives are threatened and they have to just declare because their lives are under threat mm. or when it's not declared in line with the electoral laws and guidelines. I think the other issue is um, campaign finance um, limits. Mm. Um, part of the proposals before the electoral law had one billion naira for the limits on campaign finance for the president. Mm -hmm. The review process, there was a proposal to increase that. And the final decision was to leave it at 5 billion. So presidential candidates wouldn't spend beyond 5 billion naira in their campaign, mm. which we even felt was still a lot. But we're, okay, this is a compromised position. Mm. Now we're seeing this bill and we're seeing 15 billion naira. So it's, so, so it's almost like all, so it's almost like all of the conversation that you had with the stakeholders from the National Assembly was just ignored and they just did whatever the hell they wanted to do. Well, I mean, the House claims that what the version they have is still the version that we know of, that this is something you don't know about. The Senate is where we... So it seems like after all of this deliberation and what we thought was a bill to be presented, mm -hmm. some senators went behind and did these reviews. Do we know which like, senators? Even, like all the work that... Do we know which senators? Unfortunately, none of them... Now we can't say. All we can... All I can say is the committee. Mm -hmm. um, we need to look at the committee because the committee had the responsibility mm -hmm. that the Senate Committee on INEC and Electoral Matters, mm -hmm. they had the responsibility to present the bill 
to a Senate for third reading. Mm. Uh, and the bill for all intents and purposes is still within their custody. Mm-hmm. So whatever happened may have happened at that point mm. because it had not been presented to um, the Senate for third reading. So we may not have an idea of who or where this happened. But, maybe who but what is important is that we got, yes, <laughs> we got wind of that and we wouldn't sleep until we ensure that the version presented is actually the version that Nigerians were hoping for. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't even a perfect deal, but we were like at least some wins, you know, mm-hmm. small wins we can celebrate. Mm-hmm. And now they're just trying to, to, to do know, away with them. Uh, I should remind you again, Lagos, that um, the next 15 minutes are sponsored by UNICAF. Their mission is to positively contribute to the educational and economic development of the local communities that they serve by increasing access to quality higher education. So they have a scholarship program that has awarded more than $100 million worth of scholarships. Tell us more about these scholarships. Yeah, so um, the scholarship is um, specifically geared towards people who wish to do their MBA and um, especially those who want to jumpstart or probably start a career in senior management or business consultancy or probably want to build their own business. And um, what Unicaf is doing is um, we're offering to them 300 scholarships, like 300 MBA scholarships to help them jumpstart their career, both both, uh, as an entrepreneur or also to start their career as senior managers or even business consultants. And it's a partially funded scholarship. And Unicaf, in doing this, we have partnered with top universities across the world, including top um, British universities such as University of East London, University of Suffolk. And we are working alongside um, renowned instructors and professors who will not only guide you through the process of getting your MBA, but will also guide you through the various principles that will help you jumpstart your career as a manager, as a senior manager, as a business uh, consultancy expert in this world, in the kind of world we are in right now. And to do this, to assess all these benefits that Unicaf is bringing to you today, you can do that by talking to any of our Unicaf student advisors by calling 07000-111-000. I'm going to take that again. That is 07000-111-000. Or yeah, you can also send, up, send us a WhatsApp message on 816 866 Four 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 two. That is zero eight one six eight six six four 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 two. What I like about uh, the the benefit of using Unicaf is the flexibility the flexibility to study at your pace. And um, exactly. you you mentioned sometime in the past that they have um, a special payment plan. Yes. Yes. So um, it's a partially funded scholarship, and we give um, all our members, all those who wish to work with um, Unicaf, we give you the ability to choose a payment plan that works specifically to you for your budget. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. All right. And I'll, and all this from the comfort of your home. I mean, it's an online scholarship, so you don't need to travel anywhere to do it, just from your... Uh, what's that number again that people need to call or yeah. the WhatsApp uh, number? Okay, that is um, 07000 311 is 07000-311-000. Or you can send us a WhatsApp message on 0816-866-4442.
Okay, thank you very much. Uh, like I said, Lagos, we've got Singsia Mbamalo on the show with us. She's a co-founder at Yaga. Singsia, um, my listeners have heard from you, right? Let's say that they feel strongly about the contents of this bill. You've given us a few alarming things that um, are contained in this bill. And these people who are listening to us want to make their voices heard, but they also want to influence the process and the contents of the bill. What should they do? How can they do it? Um, I think the easiest thing we can do now um, is to call our lawmakers. Uh, I remember last week the Senate president was actually (laughs) actually complaining that a lot of Nigerians were calling him rather than calling their lawmakers and that he has only one vote. Hmm. And I'm like, well, the Senate president should be able to get and take as many calls as possible. Mm. Citizens should call you. So I think that has been quite effective mm. because we've gotten a lot of lawmakers reaching out to us and saying, oh, why are you asking people to call us mm. and blackmail us? How so do yes, people get their numbers? How can, how can people get their numbers? Is there an so, app where they can find their numbers? Is there a website? So you can go, so um, shine your eyes. I'm trying to read out. There are three, two two platforms. Mm. There's a www.shineyoureye.org. Okay. Um, if you go on the website, it has like a database of um, numbers. Lo- numbers for lawmakers that you can you can call. There's also the www.bit.ly slash call NAS on electoral reform. Hmm. I like and that. I think that I'm more you yeah. people there, uh, you Gen Z millennials. People just get, 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 get. Uh, which one is? Yeah. <laughs> call that one again. Call that one again. www.bit.ly slash call your lawmakers. Call NAS. Oh, call NAS. Yes. I call N A S S. On electoral reform. Ah, call NAS on electoral reform. So once you once you click on that, once you type that link in, it shows you their numbers and you can call your own. Yes. Mm. Yes. So yeah, and then you know, yeah, you so you have to go to your state because you know we all have. You need to know. I'm hoping people know their who their representatives. Yeah. Yeah, your representatives. So be it your. Um, the House of Reps member of the Senator mm-hmm. and you call, you call them and ask them to vote in support of electoral national results, mm-hmm. to vote in support of INX power to review results mm-hmm. declared mm-hmm. Um, on the US and also to vote in support of reduced costs for campaign finance. And what we're saying is the most that should be charged, that should be the limit for the president should be $5 billion, and as you go forward, lower down the 